It's okay. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, you know, when the moment the moment we are professional podcasters slash game critics, uh, the moment that happens, and this is literally just our lives, and that's all we have to worry about. Um, then, then we'll we'll be far more stringent with our our game of the year list, hundred percent, and all that shit. But uh, but for now, we've got we've got lives uh, to lead, and yeah, that's important to remember. Looking forward to when this is just like the big part. I'm not our, gonna be upset about it. Not gonna be upset about I'm not it. Be upset about it. Especially when people are recognizing us and being like, "Hey, you're that guy, dude." And, what the fuck? It. Like. <laughs> That's some cool shit. It's cool. It's cool as shit, you know? That is cool shit. Uh, You know what else is cool shit? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And on today's show, we are finishing up uh, Republic Commando Hard Contact. Hard Contact. That contact is so hard. It's hard. hard. (laughs) It's so hard. Uh, so hard. Um, so yeah, it's uh, books. Books finished. We have read it, and today Phil is going to tell you what happened in that book. I was channeling was, my. In- that what happened was really channeling Branson Reese. Um, oh, I was gonna say it sounded like you were Fozzie Bear without actually doing Fozzie Bear's voice. Like, which what is basically happened? that's basically Branson Reese. I mean, yeah, you're not most wrong, of the time. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> I love that man. Uh, we should get him on the show. That would be. Oh my god! Yeah, that would be a that would be a get. They, they just finished. Um, well, as of this recording, it will be like a month ago. But they just finished um, the first campaign. Um, oh man! Uh, I keep telling Rude myself Tales. I'm going to listen to that. Now that it's over, I might go back and, and binge uh, it. I think that might be it. Like now that now that it's finished, now that it's yeah, got, they're it's... starting their second campaign uh, soon-ish. Um, Damn, how long's that? It's been years. It's been years. Started before COVID. Wow. It was started in the fall of 2019. I want to say. Oh my god. Um, it was. You know why? Because I forget who from. I can't remember which cast member was at PAX Unplugged, but we were at a... Because when we went to PAX Unplugged that year in Mm -hmm. December of 2019, we're in a panel and one of the cast members talked about being on Rude Tales of Magic. Yeah. Maybe it was Carly Minardo. I can't... I can't remember... I don't remember who it was, but they talked about being, you know, like Rude Tales of Magic and everybody was like, yeah... Um, and it had only been out for like two months or something right. like that. Right, it was that. brand spanking new at that point. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Gotta get back to that. Remember, yeah. Having a yeah. baby soon. You're gonna Literally. have a baby. When is, when is PAX Unplugged this uh it was, well, it'll be uh, next December would be the next one. No, no, be- but I mean, like, I think I feel like it's falling on like my kids. It's falling when the ch- when the child arrives. Yeah, packs, pretty much. So shall packs unplugged. Yeah, um, that's that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot resting on this kid. So there's a lot. Uh, with packs unplugged 2023. Looking it up. Oh, okay. No, it's it's a couple weeks before the due date. It's uh, December first through third. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not, not quite. Not, Not quite, quite there. there, but quite there. Um, still yeah. too soon for me to be able to leave and not get divorced over it. You know, yeah. I mean, also, well, badges are still available, so 
No, no, no. No, no, no. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we left off. Oh, bodies, body. There's going to be a lot of bodies going in the marsh. In this oh my episode. God! Yes, uh, yes. We're going to put we're going to put this body in the marsh, and then we're going to put another body in the marsh, and a yeah. few other bodies in the marsh. Yeah, a lot of droid bodies. A lot of droid bodies. I don't think they should go in the marsh. I doubt they decompose, but maybe if you throw them, I think if you threw the droids into the ocean, they would sink and become an artificial reef. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. You know, but, for coral. but otherwise, I think you're right. It's it's not good for the ecology. You don't want. Yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Police have confirmed that the body of the man found dead in the Fenway marshes yesterday afternoon is that of Timothy Delahunt. So <laughs> we um, let's see. We start at chapter 13, I believe. Uh, we start with a uh, report from the Republic Command, a, uh, a cruiser outside of the planet's uh, atmosphere. Uh, reporting that a a separatist ship is approaching and they are anticipating possible hostilities. So possible hard contact. Hard contact. Hard in space. contact. Space contact. Have yourself a space war. Uh uh we are on a Niner and the squad are together with uh, uh Gutene. Uh they send out a remote uh and they find Darman uh who is shaving. Uh, he is, which is not something I thought much about uh, with these guys. But of course, he'd be shaving. He's, uh, yeah. He basically, uh, and it's it's awfully uh, uh, kind of low key. They're re meeting like you're expecting like this big emotional outburst and stuff. And he basically is like, Niners, that fucking you. Like <laughs> he's just so exasperated. Um, and uh, but they they get their coordinates and they're all going to be together soon. And they're heading towards the villa. So. Next, for the first time ever, Etain meets the full squad. Uh, she sees all of them. She sees all of them with their helmets off and is just kind of flabbergasted uh, <laughs> because they're all identical except for a few scars here and there. Right. And uh, they pick up on what she's putting down. And uh, I believe it's Fee uh, who, who's, who apologizes for the weak way. Uh, that's their <laughs> interpreting <laughs> her discomfort uh, 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 being o- over him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that she puts it in a very interesting way. Uh, she says, seeing the four of them together, it's like four different moods for the same man. Uh, That's, which I, yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that, too. Because yeah. Fee is, like, lighthearted and, you yeah. know, uh, Sarge is serious and Atten is, like, just the saddest boy of all time. Well, we talked about this <laughs> and we talked about this last episode and I'm obsessed with this now because I think it's perfectly correct. Uh, they're the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, we, we, they are the hitting, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. We're hitting all the Ninja Turtles shit here uh, and it's kind of perfect. Um, so she asks for their proper names, uh, uh, not their their ID codes. And that throws them a little bit because they're not those are used. Those are really personal. And they're also on top of that. It's not protocol to let the commanders right. know. Uh, what their name, but they, but they do it because she, she, you know, requests, um, let's see, uh, Etain recognizes Gutene as the Weequay who chased her down in the very, very beginning of the book points out he's yep. a rapist and, uh, and, uh, just a, a nasty character. She just about cuts him down, uh, with her lightsaber. She is pissed. Uh, she yeah, goes, she's, she's ready, ready to, ready to give into the dark side dude, with this guy. She's so ready to <laughs> defect to the dark side like that. <laughs> Like, and I mean, your attempted rapist could, would, that would be the one to do it, to be fair. Which is wild to think that I don't think I've actually 
her like read in a Star Wars book or in a movie, no. like even in the Im- implication of rape. And now no. we, in this, we have a Jedi Padawan saying, like, that man is a rapist. I'm going to cut his fucking balls off. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and this book is pretty brutal, but God damn, that's that's that's. Uh, yeah. So I mean, more power to Karen Travis to taking Star Wars into a more um, it's almost like a mature war story this this makes me think very much for star wars in the same way that rubicon protocol for halo made us feel it goes into this very real very dark very clearly inspired by actual war uh uh kind of direction yeah i'm totally with you um let's see darman stops her from (laughs) from joining the dark side uh and uh itain uh is going to interrogate him um She's uh that's that's gonna be her job and so they she can see what they can get out of him, how they can use him. Um she she witnesses Atten like awkwardly hug Darman. Uh it's kind of a cute moment. Atten is yeah. kind of coming out of his shell. He's so relieved to see him. Right. Um let's see. And and this is when she's starting to realize that these these they're clones, but they're as human as she is. Right. Uh that that outside of their advanced uh, aging uh, and that sort of that they are that they are people uh, right. underneath those helmets, uh, which is pretty important uh, for basically all of this shit. Um, she start using her uh, Jedi mind powers to question uh, Gutene uh, while the squad discusses what uh, the next step of the plan is going to be, where they're going to hit first, and that sort of thing. Uh, Darman gives the squad the lowdown on Etain. Um, they're unsure about her at first uh a little edgy around her but they're kind of but they're still impressed uh because she is successfully getting her getting gutene to talk using her jedi powers uh, right so they're, they're not sure what to think about her but they but they they like her um itain uh is uh getting a get she's giving them some information on loken uh she points out that loken is a game player who likes to bluff and double bluff, which is exactly, mm. uh, if you remember from last episode, exactly what he's doing. He's he's playing the bluffing game with where he's keeping Uthan. Um, Niner is not comfortable uh, with her request to not call her commander. Uh, uh, he's not, because he is the by-the-book sergeant guy, so he's not really comfortable with it. He's going to do his best. Uh, he's amazed, though, that she can tell them apart. Uh, and because after she gets over her initial shock at seeing them all together, it's really no issue for her to tell them apart between knowing them and her Jedi powers. Um, and Niner has never felt like anything but a product uh, in his life. He's, he's just a weapon. And so this person who is able to differentiate between all of them, uh, it kind of, I, I, it, I feel like she's giving them all squishy feelings at different points for different reasons, (laughs) you know? She's like mom in a yeah. way. Um, yeah, there's a bit I highlighted. Uh, right then, Niner didn't care if she had less of an uh, of grill warfare than a mot. She possessed one fundamental element of leadership that you couldn't teach in a lifetime. She cared about those that she led. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's really the theme in the book from here on out. Right, uh, uh, is is her actually giving a shit about the people under her charge? Yeah. Um, and case in point, 
she sees this darkness around Atten, uh, the, the, the guilt that he's feeling and everything. She, she's reading his aura, basically, and decides that she wants to help him lose that guilt, which I've written down here is the only way that the Jedi aren't like the Catholics. Uh, <laughs> he's actually trying to get him to get rid of the guilt, so that's interesting. Um, Janart uh, comes by. She's bringing him some meat. Um Let's see. And while they're eating and, and getting together, Itain kind of is marveling at the differences between the clones in fighting mode versus just relaxing mode. Because when they're fighting, it's all business. And when they're just chilling out, uh, right. they are, they're, they're silly or, or yeah. you know, they, they've got all, which is true of soldiers in general, because <laughs> you have to compartmentalize the difference, you know, and, right. and, uh, and that's, that's what she's saying here. Um, Janart tells them that the villa is a distraction, uh, but they're still going to have to deal with both the villa and the facilities there because both of them are going to, uh, they're very close to each other. And so when one gets hit, anybody who's in the other one is going to be popping by uh, right. too sweet. So they're going to have to deal with uh, both of them. Um, let's see. They're going to, they're starting to work on their plans. Uh, they're going to blow up the villa to damage the droids, uh, that are in there. And they're going to use Gutene to give, uh, Hoken bad information. Basically, yep. uh, they're going to mind control him and tell him to basically make him lie, which means, uh, almost certainly that he's going to die. Yeah. And Etain has some very serious, like, Sure, she wanted to kill him, but also, uh, like, doing this bums her out. Yeah, yeah. She is very, you know, she knows that whatever happens, whether this works or not, Hoken is not going to let uh, the Weequay just walk away uh, right. after this. So she is very literally sending him to his death. And that's something she realized she's going to have to get comfortable with on a certain level. Uh, and it's about weighing the needs of the few versus the needs of the many, basically. Yep. Uh, you gotta have that, that Jedi meets uh, Vulcan. Yes, yes, moment, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, yeah, it's it's so she's struggling with a lot of that. Um, uh, Janart reveals that this is her home world. Uh, she is among the last of her kind, and she's only doing this. Um, she doesn't really give a damn about the Republic's cause. Uh, yeah. She she cares because she she wants to fight out the invaders who have. Yeah, she just wants people fighting. A, she just wants the them to stop fighting a war on her her home planet. Exactly. Go 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 have your cause elsewhere in exactly. the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. So she's not like she and her and her uh, consort. I think she calls them her boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, that are not like freedom fighters in any more sense than they are freedom fighters for their own planet. And that's it. They don't care right. about any all this other shit. Uh, let's see. Darman and fee, uh, go ahead and uh, hit the sack while Itain meets with Atten. <clears throat> uh, he, we get a little weapon gear porn. He yep. shows her the night vision scope on the rifle. She wears a helmet, see their, their HUD and how that all works. Um, and Atten describes their training, uh, 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 from, uh, from trooper up basically that there are the different tiers of a clone soldier and, And, uh, and the arc troopers, uh, which I thought was, was interesting. Uh, we're, uh, they trained, they're trained from one day to be more obedient than us. And we're more obedient than arc troopers. They're pretty well raw Django. 
which is yeah, terrifying. That is, te- and, and that's that's crazy because that's the first time I realized, like, like, oh, we aren't following the elite of the elite. Don't get me wrong; these commandos are more specialized than your average trooper, but they're still like levels above them in clone trooper. That I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, there's uh, uh, there's a few out there that are just fucking Django Fett, basically, yeah, yeah, working I, for the Republic. That's <laughs> crazy. Uh, that's insane. <laughs> Uh, so it basically he's describing it and it's like, like they're a commodity. Right. Um, they're just, they're just tools. Uh, and Etain has that realization. I thought this is great where she, she looks at him and goes, we use you like, like, like you're not people. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And he's good with that. Um, Etain gives, does her best shot at, uh, pulling a goodwill hunting on Atten. Son, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's, it's not your fault. And, it seems to work, uh, actually. <laughs> she, yeah. Yeah. She helps him uh, smooth out. What the fuck out. are you doing, man? Yeah. No, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you, just they have that moment. Uh, <laughs> she wins an Academy Award and uh, he goes on to make Ocean's Eleven films. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it's 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 funny because and I know you can always use the excuse of like, um, well, it's a, she's, she's a Jedi. So there's more at stake here, but this did like for, cause we still note from here on out that he is far more at peace and it's yeah. literally for her or just like going, Oh, Pookie bear, you know? Yeah. And, like, and he's like, you know what? You're right. I am Pookie bear. Everything's you know cool what? now. Thanks. So it seems to work. I'm not uh, at anymore. I'm yeah. Pookie bear. Yeah. And, and she looks like, well, at her. Maybe, maybe we can keep your code name. And he's yeah. like, no, call me Pook. No, Pook, Pookoo. <laughs> Uh, Puku Fett and Puku Fett, <laughs> the cutest Mandalorian. Um, yeah, and, and uh, just and, to build a bear with a Mandalorian helmet that's on. Pretty much it. That's that's what he is. He's just the squishiest guy. Um, and, and he says, "Hey, you want to help me make some IEDs?" And she went, "You bet." And so they sit there making bombs. Uh, and uh, she. Uh, he she teaches has to her slot. all about what uh, what a what an IED is, uh, improvised explosive yep. devices. Yep. You know, they are. It's, yeah, they're just building bombs, like like helping mom in the kitchen make some cookies. Uh, yeah. it's kind of wholesome in a weird way. It's this adorable. Is how, yeah, her thought is: this is how you slide from peacekeeper to soldier to assassin. Yes, I, I wrote that down. Great, great line. Great line. <laughs> Uh, Atten wants to see her lightsaber and we get yes. the inevitable, well, you showed me yours. So I guess I have to show you mine line, uh, which is deeply unfortunate, but okay. <laughs> uh, he is, oh, uh, it, he notes that it doesn't really feel like uh, a, a real weapon. Uh, he's, he's kind of amazed, uh, that she's made it, uh, this yeah. far and, and she's, she's gaining his respect. Yeah. Um, let's see. As the evening progresses, Etain has been waiting for Gutenay to escape, uh, uh, thinking that any minute he will leave, and he does not because he won't. <laughs> yeah, he's not going back to Hoken without Jedi mind tricks because he knows that it's his death warrant. So what is he? He's like, why would I do that? This is yeah. this is I. They are keeping me alive. Pretty much, these Pretty people much. are keeping so, me alive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she has been, uh, she's feeling way more responsible for the squad in general. Uh, let's see. So she fills Goudinet's head with the idea to tell Hoken that they're going to attack the villa. 
Um, and uh, yeah. And so that there's she, two and, squads. And there are two squads, yeah. uh, not just the four. There are eight of them total, not four. Uh, so he leaves and she watches him go and feels shame because she feels like this is he's not dead yet, but she has, for all intents and purposes, killed a second person. Um, and she tells Darman it's hard to send men to their death and then realizes that one day that's exactly what she's going to be doing for men like Darman. Uh, because that's her role. She's a commander. She has to lead. And he points out that she'll get used to it. Um, chapter 14. 14. Uh, 14. We get a quote from an admiral on the importance of fear. Basically stating fear is not a bad thing. Fear is something that keeps you alive, uh, mm-hmm. which is what we find these young clone troopers kind of repeating to themselves <laughs> on yeah. an hour to hour basis. Right. Uh, which is great. It's terrific because it's true. Uh, no bullshit toxic masculinity among the clone troopers. Good to know. Uh, I'm sure that some alt-right dweeb would take this. Yeah, exactly. Among clones. Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> NPCs. NPC. Yeah, you're very clever. Good for you. You're the, you're the main you. character. Got it. Tyler <laughs> Durden. Hoken <laughs> uh, oh, is waiting at uh, Ankit's villa. Uh, there, there's, uh, let's see, he's making a, oh yeah. Making a point of being visible at the villa for the sake of the decoy effect. Uh, he wants anybody who happens to see him, uh, is going to, it's going to further the notion that that's where everybody is and where they should be. Right. Um, Uthan is inside. She is not happy, uh, with this whole thing. She is pissed. In fact, uh, stop moving us so much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just, I can't get any work done. That sort of thing. Um, Hoken explains uh, that he's trying to bring the fight to him rather than have to chase them around because that, that so, you know, and th- that's true. Being on the defensive is always uh, more effective in a situation like that. Uh, let's see. He knows, he knows that what they have in there is a small group that they're not going to survive a f- full army, but out right. there, in the bush, so to speak, they right. could pick them off slowly squad by squad and, and they'll be at a huge disadvantage. So he, he wants to face them with the, he, he wants know, a head on confrontation. Exactly. Fully he operational. Wants, he wants hard contact. Exactly. Who doesn't really? Everyone wants hard contact. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. It's not what gets in. It's what, what gets out. Uh, that's what she's concerned about. Uh, she's concerned that, you know, like I don't, you know, what, what, what I'm concerned about is the virus escaping somehow. Right. And, uh, and Loka doesn't like the sound of that. She's getting kind of nervous on him, a little twitchy. And finally she admits that the nanovirus in its current state doesn't actually, work. It's going to kill everybody. <laughs> it's like, so the problem is clones are clones of humans. Uh-huh. And right now it kills everybody. Right. Not just clones. Right. Yeah, it's great at killing clones. Great at killing clones. Great at killing everyone else, too. Uh, so <laughs> he is he is pissed because she's lying to him and uh, he you know gives her a chance like anything. It's like your dad when he's mad. Is there any other? He catches you in a lie. Any other things you want to tell me? No. You know, and he really <laughs> wants to kill her. Uh, and he, I, I, he even says at some point that the only reason he hasn't like just fucking murdered her is that she's a woman uh which is a little fucked up but okay yeah a little uh, <laughs> weird weird side angle misogyny uh, little. 
Yeah, uh, which is funny because aren't don't female Mandalorians become warriors as well? I, they I do. Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think then that's the thing is like this is still a little bit before a lot of the Mandalorian lore is fleshed out. Mm. Like, uh, but yes, in in Mandalorians in as is current lore basically it's like oh yeah men women yeah doesn't matter yeah Yeah. (laughs) not everybody on mandalore becomes a warrior but right both men and women become become warriors (laughs) yes uh yeah so they're they're basically sitting on top of a weapon uh that's gonna kill everybody if it gets out so the uh the the stakes are a little higher just a little yep uh let's see so and hoken points that out he says all right look we're staying then because if uh if a and if a bomb's gonna if a bomb could kill all of us it's best to keep everybody on their best behavior uh so uh, the scientists are going to be held in the core area, area near the virus uh, and uh, and basically just stay put. We're all going to have to be very, very, very careful now. Don't uh, spill anything. Yeah, yeah. Fucking shitting Tiffany cufflinks here. That is all there is to it. <laughs> uh, so uh, then finally, Lieutenant Harati uh, emerges with a uh, Trandoshan mercenary uh, bringing in Gutene, who declares... He has information. Cut Meanwhile. Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Niner is assessing their gear. Uh, they've got a ton of it, uh, but they can't carry it all. They have basically reached the moment in Skyrim where you've been picking up every goddamn thing on your run. And yep. uh, you really got to have a sit down and decide if you need that 15 wheels of cheese. Do you um, need all of those skulls that you've exactly. been picking up? They're metal as fuck. That is true. But they are, they are, you know, weighing you down. I had a friend, by the way, who playing Morrowinds uh, back in college built a because i don't think you could could you buy a house in morrowind or was I don't that i think so i think it, in skyrim you, have been you could given one at one point but yeah. i don't know if you could buy one i just remember he built a house out of all the skulls that he picked up <laughs> that's awesome just, See, pile, and just started was, piling them all up <laughs> morrowind was crazy enough and like like loose enough with that shit that you could absolutely do that <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. I love that game. Damn, I've got that. I bought that on sale and just to have it. And I, I feel like I really ought to sit down and play through that again. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, and we'll get into Steam sales stuff later because oh yes, we will. Oh, the, yes, by the time this comes out, the fall sale will have ended, but the the winter Christmas sale will, <laughs> probably yeah, exactly will be right will be up. on the eve of it. So that's you what know. T- that's what I tell myself. I'm like, hey, don't, you don't need to buy all this shit because it's just going to be on sale again in about three weeks. Yep. Uh, so okay, so uh, we get a little light weapons porn. Uh, the, the, the stuff form. that they've all the bombs and the guns and the equipment pretty cool. Uh, let's see, they arm Etain with what amounts to a Trandoshan shotgun, uh, short yep. distance spread, don't point click, don't point need to click. Aim. It's yeah, you don't, no need to aim. And they're like, listen, you know, I know you Jedi's love your lightsabers, but mm-hmm. it's kind of silly. Like yeah. it's a fucking sword and it's we don't want to act. We don't want to get that close. <laughs> yeah. They say what every Imperial guardsman has always wanted to tell their commissar with his sword. Uh, like, please keep shooting. Uh, that's not going to help us much. 
she she is kind of taking to it like she she digs having a gun uh, uh a lot uh let's see okay itane and janart are basically going to act as pack mules <laughs> during this part of the mission yep they're gonna be carrying a bunch of shit uh, no, uh niner notices that itane is getting close to darman real close little little girl mm. action there um mm. mm-hmm. he mm. is worried that itane will become dead weight but darman vouches for her and of course he uh, does because uh, she is uh, his girlfriend so that's just how that works <laughs> that's just a sweetie pie so. just, uh, they're just adorable together uh, that's gonna be hard if you date a clone and another clone says what does he got that i don't have then that you're, you're really at a loss for words on that situation. you really you'd be like well he's less django fett than you it's like oh okay that's that's all you've got, really. That's, that's it's, all you got. It's just levels of Django Fett. If they were if this if they do another video game with this, that's more uh, involved and and interactive. Then that they, that will be one of the rows there where it's like, where on this are you are, on a scale of zero to ten? What Django are you? How Django? Are, it's not how a morality. J- it's not like a morality scale. It's just yeah. like. It's just how Django are you? How Django? And, yeah, <laughs> Django level increased. You know, Django kind of levels thing. increase. Yeah, yeah, when you you're like, well, I, <laughs> yeah, when you you're like, uh, you choose to equip a flamethrower and be like, well, yeah. that's going to increase your Django level. <laughs> that's going to yeah. It's, oh damn! If I increase my Django level, some of my communication points that I invested in go down. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, like, why did I decide to war, be a charismatic clone trooper? The more war crimes you commit, the yeah. higher your Django level goes up. It's true. It's true. <laughs> he loved himself some war crimes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, so they pull all the rations together and decide to have a couple of big meals for, for a final kind of send off before they uh, possibly uh, march off to their deaths. Uh, cut to Hokan interrogating Gutenay, uh, who he, he says he basically escaped from the four commandos, from four commandos and, uh, quote, girly Jedi uh, and lies that there is, in fact, another squad. And yep. and he basically just goes through with everything that they've ordered him to tell him, tells him they're coming to the villa. He describes their armor as similar to Mandalorians uh, and that they all look identical, basically uh, confirming Hoken's suspicion that these are clone troopers. And uh, Hoken's surprised because he honestly thought that clone troopers would be more mindless. And the people mm-hmm. who have been doing this work are clearly calculating and excellent at strategy. And that is not, uh, that is not what he saw coming. So based on that, he assumes they've got two squads. It's going to be a two pronged attack. They're probably going to go after both, uh, the facility and the villa, uh, which he's correct on just not fully at the same time. Yeah, not he's, fully. He's in, right. He just doesn't have all the information. As in one squad that doesn't exist is going for one. Right. <laughs> right. So so uh, Hoken decides they're going to evenly spread out the army uh, between the two uh, uh, locations and then finally does what we all need him to do. It just kills the shit out of Gutenay. He just cuts Gutenay's head off with cuts a lightsaber. Which is yeah. probably for the best. Um... Chapter 15 opens with a quote from a Padawan Jedi, uh, essentially opposing the clones. Yeah, uh, basically saying the same thing that Etain is feeling. Like, yeah. 
what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> right. And which thank God, like, thank God. So like somebody it's, you get the impression that it's kind of monolithically like, no, these are great. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's nice. It's these hear. Gen Z Padawans are, <laughs> they're all a bunch of bleeding heart liberals. <laughs> can't, can't kill clones. Oh, boo hoo hoo. hoo. I got spanked when I was growing up and I turned out fine. So, <laughs> I saw a meme the other day where someone's it was like a boomer talking to a younger person of the boomers saying, I got I got spanked uh, and I turned out fine. And, and the, the Gen Z are saying, my brother in Christ, you've taken your abuse and turned it into one of your personality traits. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite thing that Gen Z has done is turn my brother in Christ into a uh, uh, just a slang for your friend. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I like, I, I enjoy the, my brother in Christ. I um, love it. Good for you. Kids. It is, it is hysterical, you know, whenever I hear it or yeah. see it or use it uh, myself. Uh, uh yeah, you know. I love it. I fucking love, it. I don't use it. I, I need to make I don't a point use, to use it, it that more. often, but you know, it's, I just get a little, I get a sensible chuckle, you know, when sometimes I see you it. kids, I don't understand you and your weird things and your, you know, hit sometimes lingo. I, I portmanteau two phrases together. I'll go, my brother in Christ in this economy. And <laughs> that's like, that's my, peak Gen Z my, right there. My bruh in Christ. <laughs> my bruh in Christ in this economy, question mark. Question mark? And uh, the laughs abound. Oh, you know? God. And they're like, oh, wow, you're totally not a millennial. You are young and hip like us. Young and hip. Mm -hmm. I am in no way uh, an elder millennial, which nope. I realize now if I'm I'm like, wait a minute. So it's 81 to 96 and yeah. I was born in 84 and I'm like, fuck, I'm like, I'm there's a whole group of millennials that are just younger and hipper than me. Just I think it makes sense with us because I was born in 82 and I think yeah. um Someone pointed out. I saw. I read it online. They they, they call our our section of millennials uh, the Oregon Trail uh, uh, millennials. Sure. Uh, and that basically we the first half of our lives we grew up without the internet and then got it at, at around high school or so. Yep. Uh, and that that gives us a different perspective on all that stuff. And I, I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we had. Yeah. It's like we had computers. But they mm. weren't connected to the internet, which right, right. I imagine them as like fucking mind blowing. Like, yeah. so what did you do with them? You're like, well, video games or word processing. You know, that's yeah. pretty much it. Well, what did what if you wanted someone if you wrote something and you wanted someone to see it? Well, you saved it to a disk and like a thumb drive. No, no, no. Like a, you're you know that you know the symbol on the save button. That's that's we had those. We had stacks of them. Stacks and it was called a three and a half inch floppy. Yeah. Yeah. No, with like, a okay, straight so it was face. Floppy. No, it was hard. It was hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was called a floppy because there was, there was a five inch floppy. Yeah. That was floppy. That was floppy. <laughs> that one was wibbly wobbly. God damn, I remember all that shit. I remember installing Indiana Jones and the, and the Temple of Atlantis on 16. Uh, three inch hot, uh, uh, floppies, like yeah, it was it was uh it was uh a lot. It was uh, a lot. I had, we had so many. I just remembered when we got rid of our Commodore. Um, I think it was our Commodore. Uh, we got rid of our 
uh, it was like the last thing that had five inch a five inch floppy uh and um so we got rid of all of our five inch floppy discs and like looking back i wish we had kept them mm-hmm. um but you know the only one <laughs> i remember my mom was just throwing them out and uh for those who have listened to the podcast long enough you know my uh abject fear of howard the duck the video game <laughs> yeah yeah. So that one I took from her and I took a pair of scissors and I just absolutely fucking destroyed it before <laughs> I allowed her to throw it out. You're just like, here, you can have this back. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I've had Howard the Duck pinned in Marvel Snap now for weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that they brought him in. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. Anyway. Uh, we're in chapter 15. <laughs> we're in chapter 15. Uh, Etain senses that Gutenay has died and knows that she has killed him. Um, Fee gets kind of snide about it, and uh, Darman gets really defensive of her, and everyone's like, ooh, Darman's got a girlfriend. Oh, why don't you, why don't you kiss her? Why don't, you, why don't you marry her and have a bunch of clone babies? Um <laughs> Uh, we get a lot of discussion about the ends justifying the means. We were made for this kind of thing. You know, she says, you know, she, she says, well, what if, what if I do that to you guys? And they're like, yeah, you, you, you will. That's the idea. That's, you that's will. how this you works. Will. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how you this works. You will be. Uh, you will be. So, you will justify those means. <laughs> you will. You'll send people to die. Cool it will be. <laughs> taste for it you'll get. Uh, <laughs> Yoda to a fucking sociopath. So, what if they had, if she did have a clone baby, would the baby pop out at like three months or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Is we the, find out later with a quote, and we're going to get to it where, how old they basically get to. Yeah. And so they're like, chronologically so like an old man clone chronologically is 23 but the age of the clone is about 60 about 60 so a little over you know it's like a four a little under four x yeah yeah and and so yeah i mean a couple of months yeah if the acceleration and and then you cut it in half because it's half normal human half clone so it would so it would be half the gestation period and that's how we got that Robin Williams movie about the. <laughs> that's how this. That's how this works. Uh, that Jack. The movie, Jack. There yeah. we go. Yeah, that's that's how this works. This is like a movie just made for tears. Oh God, that's. I saw that movie in the theater, and I just immediately remember going, "Oh God, why have I come to see this? Like this is this is a mistake. <laughs> this is a mistake on so many different levels." But they're all Jacks. They're all Jacks. Yep. They're all that. Jack's all the way down. Jack's all the way down. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I like this moment. Darman realizes, based on these conversations, why their old instructor was always so sad about them. Uh, yeah. About he, he's starting to understand why <laughs> why why Daddy drank basically. Why, why Daddy drank? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's uh, he can't quite understand her hesitance yet. Uh, but he's starting to, he's starting to get it. Uh, we find out this is going to be the first time that they have ever actually fought together as a squad, which yeah. doesn't sound right, but it's totally true. Totally uh, true. Because Darman fucked it all up in the beginning fucking, by fucking Darman. 
trying to get more explosives from the plane. <laughs> what, a, what a what a what an inciting incident, by the way. Like like the whole thing started because he kicks his sergeant out of the play because he wants more bombs. Who who the fuck does he think he is? BJ Blaskovitz? Like what is this? It's bad. Uh so uh, we get they've get remotes uh, set up. There are remotes set up at the villa. Um, they see droids leaving for the lab along with Hoken. So everyone's splitting up, uh, and it seems that Gutene did his job too well. Basically, uh, that uh, he he made him paranoid enough that uh, he's going to split him up. So they're going to have to do a little more improvisation. Um, this is where I wrote down some notes here about uh, the fact that they refer to uh, the droids as tinnies, mm-hmm. uh, which evokes skinnies for me, uh, which um, was what uh, American soldiers it called Somalian soldiers in uh, in uh, uh, the 90s uh, when we were over there, which and they and I did some research and they claim because at that point Somalia had gone through a huge famine. And so a lot of them sure. were uh, incredibly emaciated. Uh, and they claim in the thing that I read that it wasn't because they were actually skinny, but it was because a lot of the guys in that group uh, were big fans of starship troopers. And that's what they called some of the aliens. And they called them skinnies. And I was like, okay, that's still not great. Still not better. Still not great. <laughs> is, is it? Is it just kind of an ignorant thing you called them or is it an actively fascist thing you called them? Are you being so like, are are you when you're coming up with a nickname for the group that is opposing you? How racist is it? You got to right. stop and think right. like where like, oh, are we talking about because they went through a famine? Mm-hmm. Is it because their skin is dark? Yeah. Or are you comparing them to the antagonist of a of a of a book and movie where the antagonist is a literal insect? Right. Right. Which one is it? They're all bad. This is all which bad. One? This is all it's all bad news. Uh, <laughs> so, you know. Yes. I, yes. Tinnies, I, like every time I heard Tinnies, like, why is that striking me weird yeah, in my head? Yeah, I, I, that, this, is, this is the point in my notes that it was the same thing. I was like, this is making me think of something. Uh, it was an interesting detail. Um, Niner wants backup, uh, but Fee notices some kid taking a side entrance at the villa, bringing fruit to the villa's uh, cellars, which doesn't make sense because they're only supposed to be droids in the villas. What the hell do they want with fruit? And they realize that it's Janart, and that ain't fruit. Those are the explosives uh, that they have uh, loaded her up with. So their backup is already there, essentially. Already ready to go. Oh, Janart. Janart's the MVP of this book, by the way. She She really is. She really does pretty much everything for them. Yeah, no, she kicks ass. Uh, they would not be. They would not have succeeded in this uh, without Janart. Uh, we cut to Doctor Uthan and Hoken in the in their office. Hoken is pitching the idea of trapping the clones and gassing them effectively <laughs> with the with the virus. We'd be like, with let's test it on them. And Uthan's yeah. like, it's a terrible idea. That's stupid as shit. And uh, and in fact. 
I'd rather you catch at least one of them alive so that I can do some tests on him. And, uh, and Hogan's like, you're, you're an idiot. They, they, they're basically having a, you're an idiot moment at each other at the same time. They're idiot off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hogan tells her and the scientist to stay put. It cuts to Niner, uh, contacting the Republic ship and asking for gun support. Uh, the ship might have an attack of their own to fend off. They point out, but they agree. They're like, "Look, we're going to help you, but if we don't, if we don't immediately respond, it's because we're getting shot at." Yeah. Uh, so it, just- it was like, "Hey guys, we're yeah, we'll slow down." And it's but the funny thing is, is like it's done with this like really uh, straightforward like uh, military. You're like that's a that's a Roger on that. If we yeah. if we slow down a little bit, we're dealing with some issues of ourselves. But you know, it's it's just yeah. like <laughs> you can you can hear his best Delta pilot voice. Like, uh, we are slowing down here, and uh, we're uh, uh, don't worry, guys. We're going to uh, pick up the fire soon. Uh, but we got a little visitor on our port side. We're having <laughs> to deal with and. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll get back to you and uh, see if we can't nuke some tinnies uh, over and out. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Janart arrives and lets them know that Uthan is not in the villa, uh, but it is filled with explosives uh, underneath of it uh, that are ready to be blown to shit at a moment's notice, which is great news. They just need a new angle. Over time, Niner is starting to realize how important this flexibility uh, has is is to the squad that he's considering. He's like, Intel is great, but Intel is often bullshit, and this is not the first time that we've seen that happen uh, right. to the point where Janart, uh, not Janart, uh, Etain actually had to point out, look, you've got the wrong buildings uh, assigned right. to you here. Yeah. So he's starting to realize the value in that level of flexibility. Um He's, he also realizes they're more or less doing full-fledged army work. He kind of has to remind himself, like, we're special forces. Like, we're, <laughs> we're supposed to be, like, in and out, like, covert ops kind right. of shit. This is, this is, like, this is a job for more people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are doing the work of several squads, in fact. <laughs> uh, and and Etain hears this, and it gives her some kind of relief, because it's just she she's just kind of relieved to see that they don't follow all orders blindly necessarily that they do have points of view and they do think about this stuff. Um, we got a great set of lines is <laughs> they're, con- they're uh, talking about how bullshit, uh, this whole thing looks at. And fee says, if you can't take a joke, you shouldn't have joined to which Atten replies, I didn't join, which is <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were the, you, you were volunteered my friend. Yeah. That's, yeah. that is totally fair. That is uh, conscription from birth. Yeah, ex- literal, yes, literal birth uh, conscription. Uh, it's, a, it's a good moment of levity. I, I got a kick out of that. Um, Darman wants to know if there is a way that they can sneak into uh, the, uh, the, the area and f- through drainage or something like that and fight their way out. And Janart points out that the Gadans have uh, warrens and tunnels that interconnect all throughout the area under there. And there should be some tunnels that would be wide enough to get them to drainage pipes and that sort of thing so that they can uh, make it into the facility from underneath, basically. Exactly. Um, 
And so they 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 and they start to notice that the Gadans always avoid her. They even try to eat them. And so they say, "Why why do the Gadans always avoid you?" Which goes because we eat them. Uh, which, <laughs> so, all right, yeah, yeah, uh, that makes sense. It's We're easy to predators. forget because she's a shapeshifter. That the way they describe her in her actual form, she is like quadrupedal and very bestial uh, in nature. So it's 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 things like that that remind you. Oh, right, right, she's. A hunter out there. Yeah, exactly. So the new plan is that Janart and Darman uh, uh, with Atten are going to infiltrate uh, while... Thank you, Ripley. Ripley is just wants to... Hi, Ripley. Oh, oh she is she is a chubby little kitty, isn't she? She's so fat. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, Look at, God. Chonky girl. She, she is a chonky girl. She, she is she just, built for comfort, not for speed. <laughs> that is that is for damn sure she's uh, just sitting on your back for a second there <laughs> she does that she used to when she was a kitten she would sit we got on her your, when she was very little and yeah. she would just sit on my shoulder and that was her spot and now whenever i pick her up and hold her there she's not content to be held she has to crawl up on my shoulder and she'll still just do her best. She'll she'll plop kind it's of on your so, shoulder. It's adorable, but it is kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> like, that butt does not fit up there. That's anymore. not that's not where this this is. This, you need a couch, honey. Uh, you know, and, and I can say that because I need a couch. Uh, <laughs> like father, like daughter, basically. Um, so yeah, the new plan: Janart and Darman are uh, and Atten are going to infiltrate the facilities while Niner and Fee provide uh, uh, support outside. They're going to t- extract Doctor Uthan, and Atain is going to help get her uh, get her clear of the place. Uh, basically, using her mind powers and that sort of thing to uh, keep her calm and get more information out of her. And then they're going to blow the place to Kingdom Come. Yeah. Uh, if the mission fails, Atain promises that she will order that the facilities be vaporized uh, from orbit, basically. Just a straight-up orbital bombardment. Yeah, and yeah, she goes all... Speaking of Ripley, she goes full Ripley on them. And says, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, you know, this, nuke the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. Uh, so she... And we do get this really interesting moment with her and Niner at the end of the chapter where they're basically both offering brave faces for the mission's success. Um, Niner recognizes that she because she's she's like she's like you guys are great and you've got this and it's like <laughs> no one was asking <laughs> she just kind of like and and niner's like well yeah that makes sense though because we can't we just in a moment like this there's no room for doubt right yeah. um chapter 16 opens with oh, a cor- so wait, f- 15 Sorry. they all take drugs oh yes yes you're absolutely right they they do a lot of drugs they, uh, they, they take all a lot take, of stims they take a lot of stims and yeah. like and uh, itain is like well uh, I should uh, get my power from the the force, and she's like, "But no, give me a stim." Yeah, yeah. Well, she's, <laughs> like, she's like, "I mean, normally Jedi would do powers from the force, but I'll do a bump. Sure, I'll take, uh, I'll take a bump. <laughs> I'm derail. So uh, that's, yeah, you're right. I, I can't. Yeah, they they all do drugs. There's no one's sleeping well. Let's face facts. Uh, you might need a little meth. You just might. Uh, you might need some. You know, uh, it, it worked for the Nazis right up until it didn't. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, chapter 16 opens with a quote from a retired. Uh, we talked about this. This is an actual honest to God retired clone trooper uh, who is is 
and not retired through death, uh, not retired by cop, but uh, uh, he's he's too old. And he is. Uh, yeah. And as Kevin pointed out, he is 23 years old, but that effectively makes him 60. Uh, so they don't need him out there. He's a liability. Um, let's see. We get Darman, Atten and Janart in the country. Uh, they're feeling kind of conspicuous in their white armor. <laughs> it's, it's nighttime, but they're, they're kind of glowing out there. Basically, uh, the, the armor is awesome. Uh, but it also, it, they feel like sitting ducks sometimes. Yeah. Like, we need yeah. to get black versions of Matt this armor. black yeah. next time, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is another of many like lists of things that they're going to go they, yeah, to the they've quartermaster been, with. They've been making a list throughout the book of yeah. like, the, we got to do this. We got to do that. Like it's, the, it's pretty terrific. they're so wrong. And like, yeah, the, the designers of everything are so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. So wrong. It's just, just we just need to, we need to cover this up. Yeah. Uh, they find the, uh, a uh, Warren hole and, uh, it gets pretty, they, they get pretty claustrophobic pretty quick, which, uh, is interesting. Cause they say they're both, both Darman and Atten are feeling kind of, wary of being in a tunnel uh and and they were like what and they they realize that this must be something Django dealt with Django uh yeah yeah they they's like i don't know we're cloned from the same guy he he clearly had hangups when it came to this sort oh, of thing oh right yeah and like the yeah then like the 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 claustrophobia mm-hmm. <laughs> like <what? laughs> I, th- I thought that was a, that was interesting <laughs> i i think it's it's fascinating the way they talk about Django Fett is um it's very, there's almost like a DED level to it in a way. Yeah. You know, it's something they all have in common. It's a common part of the culture and, and they can only speculate on him now. Uh, it's, it's really very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's like somewhere between a father and a God. Yeah. Yeah. Just this legendary out there kind of force. Right. Uh, a force. Anyway. Force. The force. The force. force. The Mandalorian force. God damn it. Give Mandalorians Jedi powers and we're all fucked forever. We're all fucked. Ever. Uh, they find a wall that w- they, if they drill through it, it will lead to drainage. Uh, and uh, Janart leaves to assist Niner and Fee. Um, as they dig... Uh, we get we get Darman kind of missing Itain. Uh, he gets little little pink hearts above his head. Yeah, uh, and yeah, they, but he's only missing her because she could use her force power to make sure the thing didn't collapse on them. Absolutely, that's the only reason, though. <laughs> you guys it has nothing to do with those childbearing hips. You guys, <laughs> you guys. Uh, <laughs> They drill through the pipe and get covered in literal shit. Uh, covered in shit. Yep. Covered in shit. And they both have a, a, a good laugh about it, which uh, they comment is kind of this primal relief feeling that the laughter comes less from actual humor in the situation and more from the fact that they are about to step into the lion's den here. Right. Uh, we cut to Niner and Fee setting up guns outside of the facility with Etain. Uh They're coordinating... Uh, Let's see. Coordinating charge explosions. Oh, coordinating charge explosions in the facility and the villa. Uh, Etain reassures them, uh, and it feels more like this is for her <laughs> than for than for Niner and Fee. Um, 
they set off the explosions and fire on uh, the droids that uh, are escaping it to keep the distraction going. Mm -hmm. Uh, Niner calls in support from the majestic who thinks they're absolutely out of their fucking minds. Uh, (laughs) It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, And, uh, and we've, and, uh, they're just blowing these these droids to pieces, and Niner has not noticed that none of the debris uh, from all these exploding robots right. has been hitting them. And realizes I love this moment. Yeah, it's a great. He looks over, and Etain is in kind of this meditative pose, and he realizes she's been using her force powers to shield them uh, from all the debris. <laughs> it's a cool reveal. It's pretty neat. Yeah, it's like he notices that there's like. There's like a uh, a chunk of like shrapnel not too far from him that just yeah. like would have been that would have been uh, it would have given him a haircut. He says that's that's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrific. It's and it's nice. It is and this is this is uh, one of the f- uh, things we we're starting to see Attain kind of coming into her own. Um, right. And I interpret it as. Because at first it's like she's just shitty. She's a terrible Jedi. She's not good at anything. But she's also never her Jedi Master sucked and gave her nothing to really fight for. Gave her nothing uh, right. to believe in on that level. And so now she's with the irony is that she's a much much better Jedi now that she's with these non Jedi <laughs> clone troopers. Uh, but she's she's. Uh, She's got something to believe in, and it's actually helping her get in touch with the Force. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, cut two. Darman and Atten are in the inner chamber uh, uh, of the facilities there. They are looking for the nanovirus and uh, setting explosives up. They hide them. <laughs> they're basically these, they're, they're little bitty uh, explosive devices, and there are two of them, and they hide them like in medicine cabinets and shit like that. Uh, And they make sure to hide both of them because they're like, all right, well, if if they find the one, they might not assume that there's a second one. And one by itself is plenty to just blow this place to kingdom come, Um, including including the virus, by the way. Like the explosion heat will destroy any level. Everything, yeah. Yeah, everything. Um, We get a little war tech porn. Uh, We learn about some EMP uh, weaponry, very cool. This door jack kind of thing, which is neat. They use this jack to uh, open up uh, one of the doors uh, using, you know, high-powered compression or something right. like that. And uh, and actually, that becomes a problem uh, when the bulkhead doors start dropping, basically. And we'll find out later that the whole reason that the security failsafe got set off is because one of the doors wasn't allowed to close the system interpreted that as uh, an invasion correctly. And, and everything uh, shut. Everything shuts down. There's nothing for them to do. Uh, they are pinned down by droids and surrounded by bulkheads. And, uh, and uh, th- well, the bulkheads cut them off. Right. So they're, and then they look up and they see somebody off in the distance. And who is it? But Dr. Uthan is <laughs> trapped in there with them. <laughs> she's trapped in there and she's armed to the teeth. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, oh, good. Our objective. Oh, shit. Uh, oh, so shit. She's got a gun. Here we go. Uh, chapter 17. Uh, Hoken and his lieutenant are sealed on the wrong side of the bulkhead, <laughs> and Hoken is pissed he wants, <laughs> he wants to know who did this this is another great example of him going god these people are strategic geniuses and it was just them fucking up they fucked up uh, right this was not on purpose <laughs> this is this is brilliant this is, like, god ah, damn it. fuck we accidentally activated the the doors yeah exactly <laughs> cut to Hoka and be like 
Oh, these are Django Fett clones. It's Django, <laughs> all right. God damn, they're good. Uh, what's what's more dangerous than one Django? Four Django's, uh, or as far as he knows, eight. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, security's been triggered, and Harati, the lieutenant, is going to try and break break through the security while Hoken literally stands in front of the bulkhead with the lightsaber, just going whoom whoom. <laughs> And it's, he does. The me, yeah, the metal's too thick. It's like yeah, he's it's just not. Like, it's it's he's like he's like looking at it and noticing it's kind of warping a little. But I bet you money it, that, that's his own imagination. He yeah. just has to feel <laughs> like he's doing something. Boom, boom. And that's where we leave them. Uh, we got to Darman and Atten uh, dealing with a heavily armed Doctor Uthan, uh, who is hiding in a room with uh, some Trandoshans. Uh, and a melee scrap breaks out. This is this is uh, our first like knife fight, basically. Right. Uh, so uh, the Trandoshans get uh, dead by stabbing, is what uh, I wrote here. They uh, sure do. They get stabbed a lot, and and one of them even goes, "Oh yeah, I remember the sergeant saying stabbing is a real slow way to kill a guy." It's <laughs> 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 pretty brutal. Like, oh. It's pretty brutal scene. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they don't know what else is in the room with Dr. Uthan, so they both EMP and flashbang it because uh, they're like droids, meat, whatever. This, yeah. Anything that's in there is not going to be down. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and when they get in there, it's just amazing because they they get in there and she's like, and Uthan is just fucking down. Yeah. And, and then uh, Darman's like, oh, yes, not everybody. He had become used to used to Etain's resilience. Uthan was a regular human, untrained, unfit, and apart from her intellect, nothing special. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they really Ooh. overkilled on, on, on throwing stuff into that. <laughs> Need a little aloe for that burn, Dr. Uthan? Damn. Uh <laughs> So they drag Uthan out of there. She mentions that there are four scientists. Uh, we get a brief moment of uh, what do we do with them? Do we just let them go up with the building or but they're civilians? Atten points out that they're just following orders. And, they're uh, just following orders. They're just and, following orders. And, and, uh, and, and they're Darwin's, like, Darwin's like, nah, all right, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. They can die. Yeah, they, Darwin, <laughs> Darwin, uh, I mean... He points out. He says, "It's it. We're kind of we're it's we're good with letting them fry. It's it's about time they they learn. They're they're part of a war. Let's let them feel like they're part yeah, of a war. Not all soldiers wear uniforms, man. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so Darman is anti Operation Paperclip. Uh, it's yes. <laughs> we we stand an anti Nazi king. Uh, thank you, Darman. Uh, we cut to Hokan uh, att- still attacking the door. I love this scene because he's still just whom, 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 whom. Yeah. And, and the door opens. And for a split second, he goes, ah, I did it. <laughs> the lightsaber worked. Yeah. And uh, but it's 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 Harati. Uh, yeah. it's Harati. Harati actually hacking the system. Uh, he's managed to hack open some of the doors and some of the bulkheads. And so they head over to the lab and find the remaining four scientists. Uh, the nanovirus is there, but it's locked up. And Uthen's the only person who has passcodes. Um, so this is, this is, this is, uh, yeah, if this can make trouble for, if this is, and, and, and this is very frustrating to Hokan. And he thinks to himself, this is the kind of trouble that for, uh, or again, to his mind, eight clones can make. He's 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 trembling at the thought of millions of them out there. Right. Yep. 
chapter 18, the, the last like four chapters are like half the size of, uh, of all yeah. the rest of them. Yeah, they, they really uh, power through. Yeah, they do. They really do. Uh, Niner and Fee get the lowdown uh, from Darman and Atten uh, through, the, uh, through transmissions. Uh, there's a gunship on its way. And uh, Niner wants Fee and Attain to head to the extraction point, like, without him immediately. And they're like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. Right. Um, so as far as that's concerned, they're wondering if Attain can use her powers to help Darman and Atten escape from the facility somehow. Because they're basically, because of the bulkhead situation, going to have to go back the way they came right. uh, underground. And so she says, yeah, yeah, I can do something. I just need, like, to find the shallowest area uh along their route. Right. Uh, so she takes a blaster and she and Janart uh, cross the fields to an area that Janart quote senses echoes. It looks like she's sniffing, right? Uh, but she's actually sensing, uh, doing some sort of echolocation thing, like intense bat shit. Right. Uh, basically. And finds a good spot and says they're, they're not, they're not under here. They're further along, but if yeah. you do this, that it won't. And know, then attain force rips like a trench in the ground revealing them. It's a basically. really cool scene. Like it's <laughs> it's really it's like it's well it's well written in terms of like how the force is used yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. And she like it's like this perfectly scooped uh uh, uh mound of earth like a like an ext- like a like a piece of construction equipment would have done. Right. And uh Janart is really impressed. Yeah. Uh, and Garmin and, and Atten come out uh covered in shit. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> With uh, Dr. Uthan. <laughs> and, and the Dr. Uthan is drugged to the gills. You get the impression she was a real pain in the ass. Had they just gave her like Shot her up with Benadryl. some morphine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just shot her up. Um, Janart tells them that she's done all that she can and hopes that the Jedi will honor the promise that they made to help retake the world yep. for them. And, and she's gone. That is, that yep. is a wrap on Janart. Um, and we cut to Hokan with Harati and the scientists. They've got some speeder bikes. And basically he says, what we're going to do is we're going to kill the lights and we're going to fucking ride like hell out of here. This whole thing. Yeah. He goes, this You'll whole find plan. out in a second why it's, it's, it's just hilarious. He's it's just hilarious. laying out, laying out this whole plan. Be like, this all whole right. Plan. When I say drop, you drop to the ground. When I say lights, we're going to go. We're going to hit those speeders and we're going to get the fuck out of here, okay? Yeah, he's going. He's basically giving the whole plan. We're going to go straight out. Just fucking ride for your lives. Scientists going to be holding on Harati. Scientists holding on to uh, to Hoken. And then scientists off on their own. Like, yeah, you hear drop, drop. You know, like, just, just like, just really psyching them up. Okay, hit the lights. And we get to chapter 19. Cut to uh, outside. Yes, to outside. Yes. Uh, Snyder and Fee uh, see Hoken and the party escaping the facilities, and they're like, huh, and just start shooting. Just start yep. fucking shooting. And uh, they lose sight of uh, of uh, Hoken, but everybody else is just gone. You hear, you hear, like, they hear someone yell, drop from far away, but then, right. but then. But the three shapes didn't, at least not until the plasma rounds hit them. Right. <laughs> Someone says drop, and they do not drop. Uh, they, well, they do, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, those scientists that Hokan was was going to save because they knew as much as anybody about the, the nanovirus, they're dead. They're dead now. 
certainly did now. <laughs> so Niner gives Darman the order to blow the facilities, and he does, and it just fucking blows to shit. And this is this is uh, another moment where uh uh we we get proof that Fee is totally our Michelangelo uh on the team. Because uh, they they basically get blown like literally blown away. They're both like carried. It's that big of an explosion. They're yeah. carried away. They're both face down in the mud, and like Niner looks over at Fee, <laughs> and it's and it's basically he says what's uh, the phrase, I, the word they use is index index because he's he does one explosion says that's an index, and <laughs> there's like, a second one. And, and he goes, no, that's the index. That's the end. But the way they're describing him, it's like you could just hear that just like that was fucking awesome. Like he's so he, just, he loved it. It just it, it just describes how happy he is in that moment. It just that was fucking cool. Um, yeah, so Fee is totally our Michelangelo of the group. It's it's wonderful to see. Uh, we cut to Hokan on his speeder bike, uh, covered in the blood of the scientist who used to be riding uh, behind him. Uh, he, he almost feels uh, uh, guilty. Uh, Harati shows up uh, also alone and points out all the scientists are dead. He said, he said, I said drop. They didn't drop. Civilians don't. It turns out civilians don't really listen when gunfire starts <laughs> popping. <laughs> like, no, I guess not. Uh, so uh, th- now this Hoken realizes now that nanovirus is gone. The scientists are gone. So now the only now we, thing we left, gotta get Uthan. We have to get Uthan. Like it's it, the really important we get her. <laughs> and the only thing he thinks about, he says, the only thing that could be happening next is they could be getting extracted. So the only thing to do is to sit quietly and listen for right. an extraction ship of some yeah. kind. Uh, so that's what he's going to do. Uh, we cut to Etain, Darman, and Atten. Uh, they are located uh, by a gunship. Uh, and as just as they're about to board, Atten drops. He's been shot. Uh, and uh, Darman, <laughs> Darman kills the shooter, says that it was some some one of Hoken's captains. It's basically heavily, heavily implied that it was Harati. It was probably uh, Harati. Yeah, yeah. Who had been doing the same thing, listening for right. an extraction vessel. Yeah. Etain, uh, uh, and, and there we get uh, first aid scenes with Darman. Uh, really interesting stuff. We get a lot of really cool details. Like, for example, he, he gives him a painkiller and he gives him, I think, a blood clot or something like that. Yeah. And he writes, and he, he's writing what he's been given on yeah. the helmet. So on the he helmet. P and Z. Z is for blood cl- cl- uh, blood loss agent because B yes. looks too much like P when you're in a hurry. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's very it's very cool details. Um, uh, Itain is blaming herself uh, for the whole situation because she was trying to help carry Uthan with the power of the Force, and if she'd been using the Force to keep an eye on them, then then she might have noticed the uh, the the sniper before. Uh, Atten got shot. Um, even worse, she goes to go pick up Uthan. Uh, Uthan's been hit by shrapnel from uh, uh, Atten's Atten, armor. Yeah. So she is <laughs> bleeding out steadily herself. So <laughs> just, just man, Harati just really. Uh, Ooh, it's a good thing Harati's already dead because yeah. Hoken would be pissed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and this is this is when we're getting more change from Etain. She is uh, g- 
getting real military here. She's, she's speaking and not even recognizing her voice. Uh, you know, just like, like we got to go, let's go. She is part of the squad basically at this point. Uh, we cut to Niner and Fee on their way to the evacuation point. Fee's clearly worried about Atten. They know what's happened. Oh yeah, yeah. There was one, uh, the one thing. The yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Etain noted also knew had forged a bond that would cause her enormous pain in years to come. It was worse than falling in love. It was a totally different level of attachment. It was shared trauma. Yes. Uh, Master uh, Foulier uh, said you could fall out of love, but Etain no, knew you could never fall out of this because history could never change. Yeah. Like, damn. That's good shit. That's yeah. good shit. <laughs> it's damn. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's stuff like that that may, uh, I keep coming back to uh, uh, Rubicon Protocol. Yep. Uh, just that real life war yeah. shit. It, it works. It's great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, they, they happen to see Hokan on his speeder. Uh, one of them says, can you shoot him? And he's like, yeah. So they, sh- they blow his speeder up, knock him off. Uh, and they're like, great. And so, uh, but he is, he's been, f- they, they think he's prone. They think he's down, uh, but he's faking it. And we get this kind of cat and mouse scene, uh, yep. in the dark because he, he throws out an amp, uh, an amp, an AMP grenade and blows out their visors and all of their technological equipment, you know? So <laughs> yeah, he's like, they're like, Jesus Christ. Like what, like, can't, can't they harden the electronics in our stuff right. a little bit more? Right. It's like, put that on the list. Put that on the list for the quartermaster. We need better armor, as it turns out. Didn't know that. Uh, I can't put it on the list. It was all on my, it was all in my, uh, my computer setup, and that's been <laughs> fucked. Uh, so they, they try throwing the remaining IEDs, but those also got ruined by the, uh, by the EMP. Yes, they throw them. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> So what do you do in a moment like that, Kevin? What do you do when you're out of, uh, out of like your technology is gone. You're like, you're playing cat and mouse in a very primal way with his Mandalorian war. What do you do? What do you do? Um, well, you, uh, you, you do the whole, uh, Hey guard. He's my, my, this guy is really injured. You got to come check on him. Trick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Niner. Uh, throws himself to the ground and uh, starts screaming as just if he's screaming. terribly injured. Yeah, just <laughs> screaming his head off. That's not, okay, sure. And he even points out, he goes, I don't, I never really heard it. I've never screamed before, but I've seen people scream. I, I wonder if I'm going to be any good at this. Uh, he is, as it turns he out. He, he knows how to play dead. Yeah. Uh, we uh, Chapter 20, we get a quote from Cal Scarada, their uh, old training sergeant. Uh, basically saying he doesn't know who the good guys in this situation are, but he definitely knows who the bad guys are. And just basically about how muddled and the shades of gray yeah, right. of war. Yeah. Um, we get uh, Darman and Atten are uh, watching the gunship coming in. Uh, Uthan and Atten are both collected by medics and uh, that sort of thing onto the ramp. Uh, General Zay is there with Valaquil, the shapeshifter, uh, and an ARC trooper. We got we a look at an ARC trooper, and these, <laughs> these, these people are like the only kind of troopers that scare uh, 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 <laughs> our commandos. Yeah. Just very yeah. intense, very intense-looking dude. Very intense-looking dude. Uh, yeah. Basically pure Django. Just, yeah, yeah. Just they'll do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> unfiltered, yeah. And, um, 
Etain has impressed General Zay, clearly. Um, she doesn't really give a shit. Uh, he's, he's like sitting there going, well, this, you've been doing great. You know, we just got to find you a new, a new master to work under and you're going to be a Jedi Knight before you know it. You're doing, this is, this is really impressive. And she doesn't give a shit. She's like, I don't care about that. Where, where are nine earned feet? Yeah. Uh, where are they? And he's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Uh, they're not, well, they're, uh, well, their comms are down. They're probably dead. We can go. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. And- exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Their comms down. Probably dead. We should, uh, we should head on back. Um, we can. Poor Darman has a minor flashback where he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. No, no, not, not again. Not again. You know, he did like he's he's worried that yeah. Adam's going to die and these two are dead, too. And he's going to be an orphan again. Yep. Uh, so it's really sad, actually. Yeah. Um, Atten, uh, or not Atten, Etain will not, she refuses to leave. She says, we're not leaving any of these people behind. Um the general's trying to pull the their soldiers. The, 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 that's what they signed up for. This is how it works. And she says, no, I, I don't give a shit. I know them. If we're going... She, she goes into the whole Jedi thing. You yeah. Know? And she threatens to ground the ship. Yes. She holds her lightsaber out at a power conduit. And yeah. it's like, either we save them or we're all stuck here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, the general's like, oh, okay. Go ahead. And uh, Darman. But you are not ready to be a Jedi Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, she was, yeah. She says, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready for to be a Jedi Knight anyway. And he's like, yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. Uh, and, uh, but Darman does note a look on the general's face where he, he thinks he might be proud of her. Like he's actually yeah. impressed. Yeah. Um, we cut to Hokan uh, listening to Niner scream for Cal. Uh, and, and because he, 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 he knows that, most people at the end, when they die, they scream for their mother. They cry for their mother. These clones don't have, uh, but they got Cal. They yeah. don't. Yeah, they don't have a mom, but they've got Cal. So they've got their. So and it's actually really poignant and sad. This whole yeah. scene is incredibly, unspeakably sad to me. Yeah. Uh, because Hokan is horrified at uh, Niner for so many reasons. He's horrified at. Yeah. Like, he's like, God, this is what the clones are. Like, it's kind of pathetic on one hand. On the other hand, he feels sorry for him because he's like, he's yeah. not really a person. He's, he's just, this is pathetic. What they've done to him. He doesn't deserve this. And he's got all these emotions and as a Mandalorian and he's cloned from Mandalorian stock. And so he kind of feels like he's got a duty uh, to this guy. And he says, I'm just, I'm going to finish him off. And just go up. So he goes up. He's not going to cut him up with a lightsaber because Mandalorians deserve better than that. So he's about to, he hates this. He absolutely hates what's going on. And it's kind of, you get this, that Spartan sense of humanity, that Mandalorian kind of feel to him. And Hoken is our villain, but at the same time, you get where his head's at in this moment. It's just really sad at what's become of this whole situation. Yeah. And uh, as he is about to uh, uh, kill uh, uh, Niner, he hears a lightsaber over Etain his shoulder. cuts his fucking head off. Cuts his fucking head off. So, <laughs> damn, girl. Uh, she's getting pretty good at that lightsaber, I gotta say. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Hokan's dead. Everybody's okay and accounted for. Uh, Fee goes through Hokan's stuff and gets uh, her master's lightsaber back and gives it to her. Uh, she just kind of barely registers it. She is shell shocked. Um, 
Niner says, do you mind if I call you commander now after yeah. everything? And, and she says it would be, it's an honor. Uh, yeah, they it, tell her, they tell her to, uh, to put away her lightsaber. Yeah, yeah exactly. She's <laughs> right. still just standing there staring into the middle distance with, <laughs> with an ignited lightsaber. lightsaber. They're like, um, it's a, uh, you might want to put that away. You can you can put that away. <laughs> it's like, is everything okay, honey? Like, just <laughs> do, you, do you want some? Do you want some tea? You're do you right? need some tea? Are you good? Let's, okay. just, well, let's, you, let's let's get on with it. You let's, know, let's, 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 let's get out of here. You know, yeah, and she and she kind of snaps out of it. Um, yeah, they the the gunship is waiting for them. Uh, Itain, we get this little detail. I had to write down. Itain is really haunted by the sound of Niner screaming. She knows that it was a distraction. She knows that he was just putting it on, but him crying out for Cal and everything like that, uh, really fucked with her head. And she's starting to understand, uh, the Jedi tradition of detachment of not getting so close to everybody. Right. Uh, And, and, and general Zay even explains to her it's, it's importance. Uh, and despite all of that, uh, she, she can't let go of it. She's, she, it hurts like hell, but she's still, she'd rather have that attachment to these people, um, than, right. than you know, protect herself. Um, basically he gives her the lowdown that, that he's going to be staying on Quilara to help honor the agreement that they had with, uh, Gerlanians, uh, to, to protect, uh, the planet, but but yeah, also, to rip, frankly, to make basically sure basically rip the trade federation out root and stem from from Kilora. Ex- exactly, exactly. Which benefits the republic more than than anything, but right. uh, that doesn't matter. They're 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 keeping a bargain's a bargain, and he basically says to her, "You can stay here with me, and maybe one of the clone troopers uh, can stay too, uh, or you can go off with them." Because uh, she's like, "I don't want to leave. I want to stay with Omega Squad. I want to stay with right. these guys." I don't want to leave them. And he says, well, you know, that's your choice. You can do that. Uh, or you can stay here. There's a lot of work to be done here and you'd be really good at it. And maybe one of the clone troopers can stay with you. So of course she immediately thinks maybe, uh, Darman could stay. Um, so she goes off to, uh, the Omega squad and lets them know I'm, I'm staying here. I'm going to stay here. Uh, they have their, their goodbyes and sign my yearbook and have a great summer right. and do that whole thing. And then she gets a moment alone with Darman and says, you know, you could stay. Uh, he, he said that, you know, one of y'all could stay and I'd love for you to stay. And he tells her he can't do it. Uh, he can't, he can't leave his squad behind. Yeah. Uh, that's just not in his nature. Totally. She totally gets it. Uh, but she gets right. off of the, the gunship and it flies away and she watches it tears streaming down her face, hoping, uh, that the Jedi master isn't watching her cry, uh, over these clones leaving. Uh, yeah. but as they, as, as they leave without her, uh, she considers that she will never ever, she'll, she will lead and become a commander and do all this stuff, but she's never not going to see these clones as anything less than human. Right. Uh, and they're that's, not just uh, expendable. Yeah. That, that, Under exactly. that grim the, helmet was a man. Exactly. Someone just like exactly. her. And that's, uh, and that's the end. That's the end of Star Wars Republic Command Hard Contact. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, what'd you think? Oh, it, it was really good. Um, yeah. And I think it's kind of like, I feel like some of the, so there's like, it's really good. And I think there's more of this kind of stuff that I know I feel like Andor I need to watch Andor still because I know Andor kind of gets into the nitty gritty of like fucking 
were sucks, man. Uh, yeah. more yeah. than than other of the more recent stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm um I was a big fan of this, and I understand why a lot of people are fan huge fans of Karen Travis's work, both yeah. across Star Wars and Halo. Um, yes, so. Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to whatever we, we read next from her. God uh, help me. She makes me want to read the Gears of War novels. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, she wrote those and fuck if she did half a good as good a job uh, on yeah. those as she did with this, then that yeah. sounds like a treat. I'm in. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think one of the things that um, the only thing this book suffers from, and it's not her fault, is the like the Mandalorian lore has changed a little bit from sure. when this was written. Like one of the things was uh, like Hokan mentions something about like Mandalorian armor probably couldn't stand up to a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And um, literally the only thing in like the universe that stood up to lightsabers was Mandalorian armor. Like that's been established later that like the Mandalorians were basically the counterpoint to the Jedi in terms of like fighting. Um, yeah. so, um, I think that was, that's like something that's been developed later. Um, then, uh, but yeah, otherwise it's really fucking good. Um, yeah. in terms of getting into the nitty gritty of, um, you know, the, the characters and the, the trauma, like, yes, these characters aren't just like, and that's something that star Wars never really leans on ever is the idea of of trauma yeah um being something that and it's something that is going to be in a war setting wartime mm-hmm. setting um and these are all characters like throughout the course of like you have a te- uh, atten who has been traumatized before the story even starts uh you have attain who is been traumatized by you know, being poorly trained. Mm-hmm. She's been caught stuck on this planet now without her master yeah. and just being chased around by, you know, would be rapists or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you have, and like then going through this entire experience, um, if it takes like, I can't remember how long this takes over the course of the book. It feels like it's like a couple weeks. Of, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think, right. Uh, the whole operation. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. And, uh, I'm hoping I'm looking forward to reading the other Republic commando books that she wrote. Um, and cause you know, it's, and it's almost bittersweet because, you know, like, you know, it, it, you were building up this amazing character in like attain and, you know, she's not long for, the world anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that's the thing. There is an underlying feeling of tragedy, uh, in all of this. None of these people are long for this world. That attain is, it just feels so heartbroken for these, for this group of people that ultimately one day will t- turn their blasters on her and cut her yeah. down. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. That's fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 uh, yeah, I totally agree. I, I'm going to read more of this, this series. This is, this is one of those books that, um, I, I can't help but recommend to all of our fans, like anybody yeah. who's listening, like this is, this is one of those books you definitely ought to read. 
Yeah, if you're a Star Wars fan or you're just into if you just like sci-fi military stuff. Yeah. I mean, just, either way. Sci-fi military is just the real sweet spot of uh, yeah. of all of our video game novelization shit. The more we so go, far, the more yeah. 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 It's been the most um yeah, cons- uh, it it's it's been good uh, mm-hmm. the most often, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that out of the way, Kevin, I, I just have a single question for you. Yes. What are you playing? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. What have I been playing? All right. So I have been playing Fear and Hunger 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fun game. Uh, really, really enjoy Fear and Hunter 2. an interesting word for it, but okay. It's a fun game. You know, you might just be <laughs> taking your character, like you're dodging all like enemies, you're trying not to get engaged with certain enemies, and then you accidentally step on a landmine that ends your sure. run. <laughs> that's, that's that. Or you're walking through the forest and there's uh, like a, a trap, a, a booth spikes mm-hmm. that you step mm-hmm. on. You know, you go down, you fall through the, the leaves. And that's that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds awesome. It's great. It's great. You know, <laughs> uh, I do love myself some these games that are just a little bit masochistic. That uh, you do. That you do. Just, just like, but as to me, as long as there's like a a learning element to it, like each time you play it, you learn a little bit more about what the game wants of you and what it expects yeah. of you. Yeah. Um, I think is it's important. No, you know? I totally, I totally agree. I, I, so, as long as, as long as it isn't just fucking with you at a certain point. No, know, I don't think it's, that's, that's the thing is I don't think it's fucking with you because it's like, okay, well, I've learned that this is a thing now. Next time I play, I'm aware of this thing. Right. Like right. you don't, you don't make that mistake again. No. Um, so, Funger, Funger 2. Um, uh, I've also been playing Lies of P again. I've gotten okay. through the boss that was giving me a bunch of trouble. Um, I've run into another boss that is... It's one of those bosses that's like... the what Their attack pattern is like relatively simple. It's just like I'm like, am I? Why am I just not doing enough damage? I gotta, I gotta go back around and figure out why suddenly, like I'm able to clear out the enemies in the area with pretty, pretty easily. But I'm, I'm at this boss, and it's just like, it becomes more of a battle of attrition, and Ugh. eventually, because the boss does more damage than me, and you know, I, I don't have enough heals. Like, yeah, I probably just gotta get good and parry the attacks more often but i don't know it it it's more of an annoying it's not like a uh, like uh, i gotta put the game down like the other boss was right. it's more of like a i'm watching this boss and, and hitting and all that stuff and like i feel like i should be doing able to take care of it it feels it feels attainable but for some reason it's not and i gotta figure out right. why um that's that's been the the issue um I, I've been firing up on occasion. Um, what's it? Um, Void Stranger again. I'm still mm-hmm. messing around with that. There's so many weird little things in Void Stranger, and I'm not sure if I love it or hate it. But uh, I'll probably have a an answer on that. I've rolled. Cre- I've beaten, quote unquote, beaten the game once before. Um, 
It's a Sokoban game. Where oh, it's, right. Yes, yes. I remember you talking about Yeah. This. I've beaten it. I've rolled credits on it. But there's a lot of, like, um, spoilers, I guess, for people who are interested in playing Void Stranger. Um, there's a lot of frog fractions-ish mm-hmm. hidden stuff, it feels like. Just like, oh, there's this, there's the game that it is on one layer, and then there's the other stuff underneath. And it's so weird that you can look up a a, a guide on what, on like all of the hidden things on every level. Uh-huh. The guide makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's written in code. And it's yeah. like, oh, here's how you access all the, the hidden things. And it's just like, so level 178 b3 comma dash 290 and it's like what am i looking at um (laughs) so yeah i'm it's like something it it kind of tugs on me a little bit but i mean i I, i've there's friends who are very interested in that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um who are more attracted to the pull of a game like that that i am less so um <laughs> to me yeah. I feel like if you're going to do if you're going to be clever um I don't like I like clever I don't like too clever and yeah. that's a personal thing it's why I don't like tunic it's mm-hmm. why I have issues with void stranger is because it's one of those fuck just little just dial it back a little bit guys you're not yeah. it's like yeah. it's like who it, it's just it's too much. Like <laughs> you, you didn't need to be that fucking clever. Just knock, yeah. knock it down a notch. I, um, I, I, I play, I play games like that, and I'll be impressed for about five minutes, and then I'll be like, "All right, can you cut me some fucking slack, please." Like just after a while, just yeah, I get it. Yeah. So I, I, I like clever, but I like clever in the game that I'm actually playing, as opposed to clever in a layer underneath the game. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? When you have um, to when you have to like go into the the program files and all that shit. Well, and... yeah, yeah, or it's like things are not what they seem. Hmm. <laughs> like that's okay. okay, fuck you. All um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got higher, yeah. All right. I've thought about reading House of Leaves too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! Uh, which is funny because I love Signalis, which definitely has a lot of that, but I feel like yeah. it wears more of it on its sleeve than anything else. Yeah. It's like it's it's in a it's a it's a very readily apparent level of that, as mm-hmm. opposed to Void Stranger, which is also apparent. But what it's I don't know. It's one of those you know it when you see it feelings. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not. I've, and- I don't want to articulate, spend too much time articulating why I like one thing over the other. Uh, I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. I absolutely get that. Without it's, this episode being another hour longer. <laughs> it's just its own. It, yeah, it, it's, it's something could be very similar. It could have some similar style to it in one way, shape or form. And there's just one detail that just can throw you off completely about it. And I, I get that. I absolutely yep. get that. Yeah. So. so Phil, what have you been playing? I have been playing. I well, I have played everything 
that there is in micro civilization uh, for the in in the current form that it's in for early access. I've okay. I've uh, I've gotten to uh, basically gotten unlocked all of the research I can unlock and gotten basically gone as far as I can. They have, I've beaten the first, they have scenarios, uh, and I built the tower of Babel essentially and brought down God's wrath upon myself. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. It's super fun. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's really very good. Uh, it's still, it's still a very, very solid, uh, uh, clicker, 4x uh i'm really enjoying it uh so i'm just looking i'm really just waiting on the next update at this point uh beyond that i have been indulging a little in the autumn sale and picking up some games that maybe i haven't had the chance to get on uh haven't wanted to get on full price essentially and i picked up fights in tight spaces oh okay um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Fights in Tight Spaces is a uh, kind of a strategy beat 'em up game where it's deck builder uh, and you play a kind of uh, what's that fucking show? Uh, the British, uh, uh, like <sighs> the gentleman spy things. It's based on a Garth Ennis comic book, I want to say. Uh, are you talking about what's it, uh, Kingsman? Yes, yes. It's got a very Kingsman vibe in terms of its uh, world. It's very English and very, sure. um, you're, you're fighting, it's fist fighting, but you're in a suit. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Like gentlemen. Exactly. And it's got a very minimalist uh, black and white and red style, which I really dig. Um, and you have a deck based on the style of fighting you want to do. And uh, it is hard. It's very hard. Um, but every time you it, you have to just do the run. You do this run. You're going from room to room. Uh, in one level, in one mission, I was fighting this biker gang, and then the next one, you're you uh, get planted in a jail, and you got to fight your way out, and and all that stuff. And uh, and it's it's very difficult. And but every time you die in a run whenever you finish when you're done you're done you don't get to save it and go back and it's it's one and done uh but when you do that you get experience based on how well you did and it unlocks more cards and more styles and i remember that first run i was doing and i just had you start out with just the balanced deck right which is you know what it sounds like and, yeah uh, and i went through i went through it a couple of times and I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, because everything, like the deck building aspect of it. Yeah, I played it a little bit it. a while ago. And it yeah. is, it is, it feel when you first start out, it's like, this is ball grindingly hard. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then I unlocked uh, my first non-balanced deck uh, uh, and it's uh, counters. And I was like, mm, counters, whatever. Uh, I fucking love it. I've unlocked several decks since then. Counters is still my favorite. There's something really fun about setting yourself up to block and counter a move instead of just like, Jonesy. Uh, instead of just <laughs> fucking one cat. If it's not one, it's the other. Um, and it's and 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 that has unlocked a lot of shit for me uh, in the sense that I I got to I beat the first run and now I'm getting into the second one and slowly unlocking new 
moves and upgrading them and everything like that. And and it's it's it is hard. It is a very hard game, but it's one of those things. Like a lot of these games, it's it, it's it's like rogue roguelikes, where it's like the main thing you need for these games is patience. Uh, eventually, you'll get to a point where you've right. got the arsenal that that will see you through. Uh, yeah. And it's all about whether or not you have the patience for that thing. Right. Um, and, but I've been enjoying it. Uh, I put about eight hours into it right now. Uh, I've turned the music off. Uh, not that the music's bad. Uh, I just need to play Prodigy and uh, and heavy metal and all my 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 favorite music in the background. There's nothing better than playing Firestarter in the background while right. you know this English techno band while you're beating up right. you know, as an English gentleman in a suit. It very delightful, very delightful. Uh, you make your own fun in that sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've I really uh, yeah. After I got over that hump, uh, I really really uh, started. Uh, getting into it and appreciating it. Um, and they've got a DLC that includes weapons, which should be very interesting. Um, I'm going to try it eventually at some point. Oh, and I played the demo for a game called Last Train Home. Okay. Um, which uh, it's coming out in a couple of, as of now, it's it's coming out at the end of November. Um, and uh, for those of you at home, we're, we are at the end of November, uh, but it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, it's part strategy. It takes place after world war, uh, two, no, world, sorry, after world war one. And you are a Czech, uh, regiment, uh, who has been fighting for the Russians. You've been fighting okay. on their side and you're trying to get out of Russia now because the war is over, but you are caught in the middle of the Bolshevik revolution. Mm. And so you've got the reds and the whites on either side of you. And uh, so part of it is real time strategy where you've got your little squad and you're setting them up and using their strengths. And, stuff. and the other part is a train, uh, a sieve, a uh, uh, game basically oh where that's you're neat. trying to make it's really interesting and you're going yeah. to the next town and you've got to make sure that you've got enough fuel and enough food and your soldiers have an on the train job like cook or doctor or something and an off the train job like marksman or scout or something like that and um and it's about that balance of stuff and I, I i played a couple of hours of the demo and it's very very good um at some point, I think I would like to get back to it. I don't know if I, I doubt I'm going to get back to it in time for game of the year shit. Right. Uh, but it's such a unique time period. Sure. Uh, and 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 yeah, it's 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 after World War One during this revolution. It's really interesting. That's awesome. And you get it's really cool. And you get That's storytelling cool. yeah. choices and very very interesting stuff. Um, I'm really impressed uh, by. Uh, by that because they because I can see where it's not a, it's it's a it's a double A game, um, and for that reason I mean I can see people being like you can't make a fucking game about the Czechoslovakian regiment like coming out of Russia or something you got to shoot Nazis like that's all people want or whatever, right. and uh, it's it's such a specific time and place, uh, and they've done a beautiful job with it so far and it looks good it feels good to play, um, I'm looking forward to the full release I think I want to give that one a shot. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Me. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our last normal episode of the year. Yes. Um, next time uh, we have a, a regular book episode, I'll be joined by 
uh, our friend Sam from Afterthoughts. Uh, <laughs> I'm really uh, looking forward to listening in. I'm, I'm going to yeah, read along that'll, too. For that'll the be oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's good. Um, uh, and in between this and that, we will be having our game of the year episode uh, to talk about the games that we thought were of the year 2023. <laughs> They were of the year. They were. Uh, they sure were. They sure were of that year. Yes. Um, in the meantime, if you want to, you know, come over to uh, patreon.com slash pixelitpod and uh, hit up one of the, the tiers. We got a we got a free tier. We got a, a cheapy yeah. tier. We got a $5 a month tier. We got a $10 a month tier. Um, and uh, through those, you can join our Discord or you can join our Discord for free. Uh, and you know what? It's a blast. Come, Come by, with us. say hi. Uh, yeah. Now's the time of the show where we shout out uh, our friendliest of friends <gasps> in the in the top Patreon tier. Uh, one friendly friend. Thank you, hello, friendly friend, for being a friend. <laughs> we love it. We love we your love friendship. It. We love you. Friendliest we adore, of friends. We adore the the support and friendship. Uh, thank yes. you. Um, Otherwise, on all other socials, we're at Pixelit Pod, so you can find us there. Uh, and until next time, have a good night, everybody. Bye.